cliffcentral.com. Oh, yeah, man. Welcome man. to it. It's the weekly mashup, and that was New Edition with Candy Girl from 1983. Where were you, Candy? Damn. In- 83, yes. That's I wasn't even a thought. <laughs> you weren't even a star. I wasn't, I wasn't no, even in the planning you, process. You weren't even in the universe. No. But yeah, that, wow. that, that's what we used to rock when I was growing up. And I must say, um, I recently actually watched, um, you know, the... The new edition story. Oh my goodness! How amazing! That? How amazing balls was that, eh? Oh my goodness! It was. It, my sh- it just reminded me of the good old days. I mean, what, what okay, was it not like for you? The good old days in 1983 for me, but the good old <laughs> no, days well, in the 90s. Obviously, when yeah. I was around eight in 1999, yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Like I remember being actually very, very happy in those because I mean. It, you asked me Because we were speaking About New Edition Before we yeah. started the show uh-huh. And you're like What do you mean You grew up on New Edition I'm like My household Played New Edition Like Can You Stand the Rain wow. My mom named me After Candy Girl uh-huh. And you know So I'm like A New Edition girl Through and through No that's dope I mean The, the, the fact is uh, When I was growing up I always wanted to find A Candy Girl Well you found me uh, <laughs> quite what I had in mind quite, So I'm still looking not. I guess, guess Oh gosh <laughs> You're like this is not what Lord, I visualized. Did you hear my prayers? <laughs> this is like, not I was quite it. specific. We all saw the video, <laughs> but you know, I don't know if you if, if you've seen the video. I mean, you saw the the, the reenactment. The, yes, uh, I did. The miniseries, the TV miniseries. Yes. But I went and I actually saw the old video again. And there's a guy in our studio. I don't, I don't know if you guys have seen pictures of Sia, but Sia, Sia. reminds me because he's got that cute face about it. He's gorgeous. He's like, Sia would have been a boy band member. You know what I mean? He Sia should have been in New Edition. He's the sixth uh, member. Wrong continent. Wrong continent, maybe wrong time. Ish, I mean, like, is, yeah. Let's let's be honest. In 1983, Sia wasn't even. Sia's younger than me, probably. It, it probably, definitely. <laughs> like, what are you trying to say? You're a on <laughs> So anyway, wow! Watching that that, that old show and, and looking at people like Bobby Brown in there. Oh by goodness. the way, Bobby Brown was part That's of that. That's my prerogative. Johnny Gill, if you're from back then, oh, the, my, I know the whole my, studio. My, everyone who's out there listening, my, 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 my. Have, have no idea who Johnny Gill is. They probably don't even know who who Bobby, Bobby Brown. Brown is. Like, my oh sister, no! Yeah, here's the thing, right? Oh no! My sister hears the song "My Prerogative" and Britney she's Spears. like, "But that's a Britney Spears yep. song." <laughs> she's getting thirty, so I'm like, Girl, yep. "Where have you been?" <laughs> Literally, when I heard prerogative for the first time it yeah. was Britney Spears and I was still like oh baby baby you know <laughs> listening to Britney and then my prerogative and I was like this is an amazing song and then only after watching the new edition movie I said to my younger brother who's like 18 yeah. and I was like oh my gosh this is a Bobby Brown song he's like how didn't you know that I'm like I went through Britney Spears era. Yeah. The sad truth is that when that song came out, I was I was rocking it in my mom's Honda. So I was an, I was already a fully Mm-mm. grown man at that time That's with so the beard sad. and everything. And, and you guys don't even have any reference. <laughs> of it. We have no recollection <laughs> of where we were. So watching the miniseries, I, I came up with a couple of things because I loved it. I really did. It wasn't it was just because of, it was I was it was sentimental and I was reminiscing. But I thought there were a couple of learnings that one can pick up from it. Okay. And I and I came up with five things I learned from New Edition. Okay, five things about what about life about. about about life, about relationships, about success, about everything. Okay. So, I want to hear them. Um, the first thing is you got to want it. Oh, right? yeah. You know and that's I mean? in life relationships or anything. Exactly. A lot of people think true. that, you know, you, you kind of got to 
kind of want it, but not really. And, you and gotta fact, want it badly. A lot of people don't even allow themselves to desire certain things. Mm. One thing that I always fight about with my younger sister, she's yeah. an accountant, so Ooh. she knows stuff. Mm. I mean, she's a qualified. CEO, yeah. All so right? she's a smart one. So she's a smart one, and she knows the system of the world. Yes. In the world, what you do is you go work for things, mm-hmm. and then you don't worry about wanting certain things. So she doesn't want a nice car just yet. Okay. She doesn't really want a nice house. She's kind of. She's still, very calculated. Yes. Yeah, she's still decisions. stuck on. First, I must just get this business up and running okay. and then hopefully I'll make enough money so that I can buy kind of the house of my dreams if I can sort of get it if I'm lucky sort of yes, kind yes. of something that I settled for that kind, kind of, of what wise. we taught what we taught yeah. from a very early age that you know you go through school so you can go to university so you can get a stable job and kind of just just kind of want get by, get by. just get something yeah. don't set yourself up for failure that's exactly, really what right? we taught and yeah. then one day one day someday she's achieved all this stuff and she's got all the money in the world when you've been in the corporate cycle for long enough you know she can eventually buy herself the car of her dreams mm. in the meantime she's going to drive a piece of crap <laughs> you know because yeah. you shouldn't want those things yeah but what i realize in life is that if you don't desire something to begin with whether it's a great relationship because mm. even with relationships and what it's we so do is, important i just want a man oh you know if at least if he's just nice to me yes and and, the, and that's what you get and no, you wonder why the universe only or God gives you always gives you exactly what you want but have you read that poem um I, I bargained with life for a penny. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't have the poem in front wow, of me, but okay. basically, I like the premise. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a really beautiful poem, and um, basically, what this author says is that he bargained with life for a penny, and then he says, "But life would pay no more." Every night, you know, I would shuffle around in my shanty store or something like wow, that. Wow, I hope you're listening to that. Yeah, and I'm listening to yeah. That. So then, after he says, like in this whole thing, when on his deathbed, he realized that you know he should have asked he, for more. He should have asked for more because the same heart and like sweat, hard work, sweat and tears could have gone to building a greater vision had he just wanted it. But yeah. he was too afraid to want it, so therefore he never got it. I think that's what life is about, right? Yeah. So you've got to want something because the thing is. And here's what I learned as well. Uh, and it's from a biblical point of view. But there are some things that God will, will withhold from you that you want. Okay. Only to increase your desire for it. i give mm. you an example, mm. right? If every day you go out and you eat at a five-star restaurant, when you're not really hungry, the food won't taste that great. Yeah. But if you allow yourself to feel a little bit of hunger, when you eventually get to that five-star restaurant, the food will taste so much better. And when you eventually get it, you will appreciate, appreciate. it so much more. Mm. So the first lesson in everything in life is you got to want desire. And you got to want it badly. you got to want it. Because sometimes, want it sometimes people want things, but they don't want it badly enough. That's right. So they want it, but they don't want to work for it. They want it, but they don't want to improve themselves to get it. That's they it. want it, but they don't want to upskill themselves. So, yeah, so you got to want it. That's but lesson that's part number of one. wanting it, right? If you allow yourself to actually have the desire, the other things could probably follow quite organically, as I said. So, one, want it. Want it with all your heart. Number two, you got to get a mentor. you got to get somebody that you look up to, somebody that can help you on the road to where you're going. Okay. I'm putting that before hard work because okay. here's why. Yes. Because sometimes... We spend our life working. We're yes. busy all the time. Have you, have you noticed? I mean, I went through that stage yeah. where I was just busy. I was running oh, yeah. from one meeting to the next. And it's great to I say I'm busy. Multiple proposals. Mm-hmm. I was doing all the stuff, saying I'm busy, trying to prove that I'm working hard. Nothing worked out. Oh, yeah. Why? Because I was doing the wrong things. If you're going to plant a seed, if you're going to plow, and you're going to do it in the wrong soil, you can yes. plow all you like. You can drop all yeah. the seed you like. <laughs> if it's not fertile ground, it's not going to grow. But can I tell you on that? There's um, a speaker. Who's worked with you know your Oprahs and all the top people of the world? His name is Brendan Bashad, and I just came into contact with him recently. And he basically says, 
why do people start life without a map? You know, it's like going into the forest without right. a map and expecting to find what you're looking for. Exactly. So it's better to equip yourself before you head into the forest and be like, okay, I know where I'm going. So at least you've got a better chance of getting there. And the thing with finding a mentor, I think we, we make it difficult because my idea of, of a mentor initially yes. was I got to find this older guy who's okay. been in business and, and they're really successful. Wisdom. Wisdom beyond. You know, find them on the, on the internet, call their PA and secretary and hopefully Email a hundred times. Email a thousand times and hopefully set up this appointment and see them once a week. And then mm. and then it's like difficult. Hopefully. hopefully. And then I just hang out with them for, you know, for an hour every week. Mm. And, and then they just like give me a list of things that I must yes. do. And No, no. It's as simple as there are some people in your sphere just who, who have done things that you haven't done. Yeah. They might be your age. They might even be younger. Mm. I find that having a mentor has got nothing to do with age. age. I've, got oh, a lot, yeah, I I've got a lot of mentors that are actually younger than me. Mm. who have got great ideas. Mm. But what I like to do and what I, what, I, what I mean by a mentor, just find people who are doing some of the things that you'd like to do yes. and are doing them already and doing them yes. well. And hang out with them. Just hang out with and them. And learn from them. And learn, learn from but them. But can I also say, there's, there's another dimension to mentorship because, I mean, I remember when I was starting out, I had that very traditional idea of mentorship. Like, I need to have this person in my life and da, da, da. But then I realized as I was going through life that, you know, your mentors don't need to be a part of your actual physical space. Yeah. So what I learned is that, you know, I could have mentors that thing. weren't here. So I exactly. could, like, Oprah was my mentor at one there thing. You go. And it is watching what she is doing, learning about her pitfalls, learning very about... Good. Because, and sometimes when you do find a mentor, into in physical reality and you can mm. meet them they need to be someone as invested in where you're going as you are exactly. because people tire quickly so they don't want to you know always be investing because they've got their own life you know going and they're busy, on man. they're busy and so they're not going to be person... thinking about you 24-7 like you thinking about you yeah. so you need to take what you can but try and find someone who's also invested in your success I love what you just said there and I, and I think it, 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 it's worth repeating because we're so busy looking for this magical mentor mm. somewhere sending these hundred yeah. emails the fairy and, god and Mother, almost. The very godmother. Yeah. When there are mentors all around us, mm. like the internet, social media oh has given goodness. us so many mentors that mm. we can actually follow. Mm. I mean, even mainstream media, you can you can literally listen to a certain radio show. Listen to TED Talks, for example. You know like, I mean? I mean, when you listen to certain TED Talks, I find that I'm so inspired by the thinking that I'm like, that's how I want to deliver a talk when I talk. Or, you know, you, you follow other people. So you encounter someone and you're like, oh, I wonder how they got there. You follow their story. And sometimes when the story is over and you no longer relate, move on. Find yeah. another mentor to say, right. this is how I will model my behavior and sit and talk and whatever. Because it's very much about modeling who you are as a person into the person you want to become already. Yeah. You know? and, and eventually you'll become your own mentor. Oh, what I love yeah. about the movie is that the kids realize that that they wanted to start a group together and they wanted to get somewhere. And but they, they were needed ambitious. an older person mm. who, who was familiar with the industry Already. to guide them. Mm -hmm. So they found themselves a manager. But at some point, they realized that the manager wasn't really working for them. They yeah. got another manager. Mm -hmm. When they realized that manager wasn't working them, for them, they actually became their own manager. Yes. So at some point, you've also got to outgrow the mentor thing, yes, right? You've yes. got to move on. And then number three is you got to put in work. I'm uh, putting it there because it's important because once they work, found their mentor, work, work. they made sure that they arrived at the dance studio on time. They... I mean, they were like some unruly Working children, out. but they worked, man. They worked out, you know. And I realized that sometimes we don't put in the work that we're supposed to. Why? Because it goes back to desire. If you mm -hmm. don't desire something enough and yeah. hard enough, you can give yourself excuses of, you know what? It's okay that I didn't work that hard. What I realized that this year, I, 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 I want certain things in my life. I, I don't want any more excuses for mm -hmm. my success. I love that. I want to get to a point, Candy, where. 
if someone knocks on my door tomorrow and says, you got a part in a new Hollywood TV show mm. or, or film, I've got no excuses to say I'm not going to the audition because I don't feel completely confident in the way yes. I look and my body and yes. blah, blah, blah. Yes. So what I'm saying to myself is, do you want it? Do you really want that? Mm. Prove it to yourself first. Precisely. By waking up yeah. every morning and you know I hate morning. I know. But these days, my body, <laughs> oh, I like woke I up sent at you a text. this morning. Yesterday I sent yeah. you a text early in the morning. I saw it before and I went to work out. I saw out. it blue ticked. I was like, oh my God. I was like, I can't answer you right now because <laughs> I'm going to work out. I'll answer yeah. you when I'm done. You know? yeah. But I'm like, I've gone to a point now where my body is number one. It's used to um, waking up earlier. Yes. The initial first month, I can assure you, was hard. My joints, you know, I don't recover as easily anymore like I used to. I'm not that age. But my joints were always hurting. It was hard to wake up. I was grumpy. But now I'm grumpy if I don't work out. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's what eventually happens. And the other thing that I found is my body just wakes up early on its own. I don't even need an alarm clock. By six, I'm like, hey, hello. And hopefully one day, I'll be like you. I'll be waking up at five in the morning (laughs) and and getting on my high dreams. Loyal people. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's what we get for being fat. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I like I like what you're saying. I think it's very important to go back to that quote that says, um, "Luck is when opportunity meets preparation." Mm. So right now, what you are doing is you're putting in the preparation that when the opportunity comes knocking, you are prepared to take it, for and sure. you and you're not going to be telling yourself, "Oh, it's because of ABC that I can't do it." You're ready to take off, and you're ready to let it, you know, take you wherever it needs to take you. Look, we're, we're all evolving and we're always learning but yeah. what I learned is that even at my age and my stage you know sometimes you get to a point where you can get very comfortable and oh, yeah. things become easy and the body and, and human nature by its, we like to be comfortable Oh yeah. but you've always got to get out of your comfort zone you've always got to be hungry again to succeed to get to the next level I so agree um, and you know what's crazy about life life will create a situation for you where you will get hungry again so don't even worry about that if you're not hungry right now you're going to be hungry soon trust they me. say the only constant is change exactly and right? if you're not adapting so a lot of the times we put off putting in the work mm. because our desire is not at that point where or we're hungry I'm not and desperate. In for your it. head, you're like, I'm not there yet. Yeah. I will put in the work when I am there. Yeah. But the irony is, if you're not putting in the work now, you're not going to get, gonna get there. there. But we self sabotage. Oh, of course. You know why? Because we're usually taught that we are not allowed to want certain things. So sometimes you tell yourself, but I'm not really allowed to want that level of success. I'm not mm. even what what, what makes me the worthy? thought of even talking about it because yes. immediately I'm putting in um, those little voices in my head where I'm thinking if I say that out loud to Candy, she might say, but "What makes you think you'll ever get there, man?" But can I tell you something on that point? I learned very early on in my career, or and before even my career started taking off, I learned that not everyone is supposed to know your dreams, not everyone's supposed to know your destination because. That's true. What what's placed within you, some people can't see, and it's not up to you. To, they will see it when it happens. That's right. But you should not be telling them because all they're going to do is be like, "No, but you know, start small or do this oh, or gosh, do that," and they're going to lead people. you. They're going to lead you on a path where you start having self doubt mm. because you're like, "If everyone doesn't see it like mm. this, then mm. it might but not really, be." Do you think you could ever speak on a world stage? Precisely. Like, imagine you having a TED talk. It's too big for you, hey. <laughs> Precisely. You know, just uh, just think of maybe if you speak at a couple of schools. Can for I, a couple of and years. And that is exactly what has happened to me time and time again where people were like, dream smaller, don't. And then I look at myself and I speak in front of people like, you know, George Bezos or yeah, I'm invited yeah, to the Nelson yeah. Mandela Foundation. I'm like, look at me. Look at me right now, right? <laughs> look at and that's me. the thing. I'm, you know, the story of someone like Tony Gaskins Jr. Yes, yes, Who's yes, a yes. great motivational a, speaker. Yes. He now, I think he's a, he's a motivational speaker for one of the teams in the NBA. 
But you can imagine, you know, his his life story. Saying you want to be a speaker in your twenties and you want to be a motivator. It's like because but you, haven't, you don't have enough life experience. Precisely. No, no, your life experience is enough. Yes. You know, because his life experience was enough at that time. He doesn't need to, you know, fall into the pattern of drugs and picking himself up again over and over. Wait for and, fifty and, and wait for fifty you. and then go. You are at that point where you've gone through something. Yeah. All of us have yes. a story where we've yes. had to triumph. Yes. You're ready to do it. All right. Number four, you got to look for your lucky break. Now I say that you got to look. Listen to what I'm saying. You got to look for your lucky break. I like that. You got to create luck. In other words, what it is is we're all waiting for the lucky break, but we're not looking for the lucky break. Opportunity, they say, it's a cliche now, but it does come clothed in hard work. Mm. Yes, we said we're going to say no to a lot of things this year, yes, but yes. there's some things that when you say yes to, that's the opportunity that you're waiting for. But at the same time, look for your own opportunities. What these kids went out and did was they realized that there was a talent competition out there that they wanted to be part of. And they knew that if they were part of that talent competition, they could one day get a recording deal. Oh, so they yes. went out there, they rehearsed, and they went to look for their luck. But before they even went and looked for that opportunity, when they decided that they wanted to form a group, they, they went and looked for another member. Yes. And that's how they found Ralph. And they were like, no, we need another dude in this group in order for us to be a group and take seriously like the Jackson 5 exactly. and they went out and they're like ah, I think I know someone he's yeah. got a bit of a vocal pipe like let's mm, go mm, and had mm. New Edition not found Ralph they would not have beaten New Edition because Ralph not. carried the group for a lot of for the very early parts of their career yeah in but fact he carried all the, the way through you know I mean much. the only time until Johnny Gill came in yeah and, and you know Bobby until Bobby woke up and realized yeah. he was a <laughs> yeah. superstar but nonetheless the great thing is I mean all of them in their own rights were superstars yes. Biff DeVoe came out of, oh, of yeah. New Edition yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny Gill came out of that Bobby Brown came out every of that Ralph Trasvazen came out of that mm. so every single one Michael of them Bivens. Michael Bivens you know um, they, they were huge uh, from New Edition that's how we got boys to Men. Yes, yes, you know, things yes. like that. Because they named themselves after the new edition song Boys to Men. Exactly. Yeah. And, and and they went to New Edition and New Edition um I think it was Michael Bivens yes. who helped them become Boys to Men. So it's those sort of things, but what I'm trying to say, and even Boys to Men went to look for their own luck. They went Precisely. and performed for Michael Bivens after a concert. Luck won't come knocking at your door. No, you gotta go. Like there are very few opportunities or times where you find yourself in a very fortunate position where you you're like, whoa. But even in those positions, sometimes you see you look and you're like this is not my lucky break because no one would have known I would not have known at the time that my story broke I could have taken that and been like oh, I'm not ready I'm scared you know people yeah. won't receive me but because I was just like I'm going to do this you know I'm scared but I'm going to do it anyway you learn on the job sometimes you, you learn, learn on the job, on the job. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden everything starts to change the more opportunities you seize and the more lucky breaks you take advantage of I find the luckier you become that's right and finally number five you got to keep it together keep it oh. together you got to oh. do that yeah thing right what happens once you've achieved a certain level of success you get tested on that oh, yeah. and the thing about life is some i even have to tell myself this the one thing that is going to be consistent about life you see you call it change i call mm. it trouble trouble will be with you every day of your life <laughs> yeah but tough times are only as tough or as you are oh yeah you know what i mean so you got to be tougher than the tough times when tough times are going to come the question is, are you tougher than those tough times? So you got to keep it together. With these guys, yes. they found that they were fighting each other a lot. Um, and that's what really kept them out of or, or out of the ultimate success that they were looking for. They, mm. they, they, they never got to that point where they were, in terms of monetary success, they were that successful because they kept breaking their concert tours halfway because they yes. fight all the yes. time and they couldn't keep it together. So what I'm trying to say to everybody out there, whether you're in a relationship and, and, and you know, 
the beginnings of the relationship of you know the honeymoon um, stage yeah, comes to an end. Blossoms. Yeah, and, and now you realize the real life. Yeah, this is a human is being. Keep it together. Keep it together. But you, in keeping it together, you know what I like about you. Firstly, all five tips. Well done, see They're amazing. Mm, thank you. <laughs> it must be all your life experience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. That's all you got. No, but keeping it together really symbolizes the idea that people think that after you reach a certain taste of success or a certain level of success, it's easy sailing from there. No. There are no more problems. Yeah. But I mean, you only need to listen to Biggie. I don't know why, but the more money we come across, more the more problems we, we see. The more problems people sing we along. See. People sing along to these we lyrics, but they're not, they're not listening. They're not listening. They're not listening. Because you reach, okay, so you, firstly the frontier where you are, right? You feel like, okay, I'm at the bottom. I don't have money, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, when I get money, my life, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to do this. Then you get money. Then you realize, shit, money Charles can only on make back. you listen. <laughs> <laughs> money can make you happy for so long yeah, and for so, it can only stretch yeah, so far. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, opportunities, yeah. you know, sometimes you do that overqualified statement. Yeah. Sometimes your opportunities either become less because people are like, ah, yeah. oh, you're, you, you're too expensive or you're too this. But I think it's definitely keeping it together and always reinventing yourself. Never yeah. become complacent in this is who I am and I'm going to die like this. Yeah. Reinvent yourself. Learn about the changing times and adapt. And the other thing about trouble when it comes your way, remember that if it all works out for the good, you might find that what you're going through is a skill you're going to need later on. For example, litigation, right? I have found that over the years, I've sued some, I sued my insurance company when I was in my <laughs> 20s. And I was yeah. like, this is hard work. But it was a skill that I needed later on when I went to court again. And yeah. even now, when I just, you know, recently had my court stint and whatever, I can tell you that when it comes to um, being in business, you're definitely going to need um, to have the skill where you understand litigation, you understand the legal stuff. So you might be going through something right now, but whatever it is that you're going through that's tough, remember that it's setting you up for when, when something really hectic happens later on in your success, you can deal with it much easier. But I want to just jump to um, what you were up to on, uh, is it uh, Human Rights Day? Yes, day. yes, You yes, were yes, yes. at the George Bezos New Gallery opening at the Apartheid Museum uh, with Sue Williamson. And she was uh, obviously uh, showing off her new works. Is it paintings or? Um, no, actually Sue. Sue has got, I mean, she's got such an extensive history of work. And I mean, I was so privileged that she decided that I was a good candidate for some of her material. And Okay, so, so what does she do though? Okay, what, so, what kind of media so, so basically what Sue does is she readdresses the past using art. Mm. So she talks about past um, things that have happened during apartheid and she uses art forms in order for people to become more receptive to it. So this particular piece that I was involved in is called Pleasure to Meet You. And uh, she's taken it to Paris. It was very well received. The artist Christian Lacroix for all my arty friends and fashion yeah. friends. Wow. Uh, yes. The one with the he red watched it. No, that's Le, Le Le Bouton. Bouton. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that's, it, it, It's another Christian, but yeah. he's just as great. And he watched it and he sent his regards to me and he thought it was an incredible documentary. So that was a highlight. Oh, I see. So it's a documentary. Yes. It's almost like a doc, docu-series kind of thing. Oh, but nice. it Where just, can we catch it though if we missed it? Okay. There. So you guys can still go to the Apartheid Museum and just all catch right. it there because it's there until the 31st of May. It's not on, online or anywhere else? It's not online at the moment because it really is. When you see it in an art space, you see why you need to see it in a gallery okay. because it's artistically crafted in order for it to look like Sia and I the other gentleman I was in the documentary with are in conversation but it's a really beautiful piece and this week on Human Rights Day I was going to say this weekend on Human Rights Day I was very fortunate to speak in front of George Bezos as a panelist okay. um, to the piece and yeah 
It was amazing. He, he was Nelson Mandela's lawyer in the treason trial. You know what's like, funny about no, George? Why, why we have George? Who is he? Yeah. Can, yes, you know the irony about George Bezos? It's, I was actually thinking about this last night before, um, I, um, before I went to bed. Uh-huh. And I thought to myself, oh my goodness. So what happened was when my father passed away, mm. Eugene de Kock had been on trial you know, at the TRC, but he's, uh, he had been testifying. So Eugene had actually got an amnesty mm-hmm. you know, for all the cases that he had testified to. And the irony was that it was my father's case, the now spread four, that put Eugene de Kock behind bars. Wow. So uh, George Bezos actually kept, uh, he managed to catch Eugene out in a lie with my dad's particular Ooh. story. And that's how Eugene de Kock ended up getting life, be- uh, life sentence behind wow. bars. Okay. And then the irony of this was it's a full, it's very much a full circle moment because I thought to myself, I think my voice in a very little way contributed to Eugene being free yeah. and it was my dad's case that contributed to him going behind bars so it was a very full circle but moment but it's interesting exactly like what you say yeah like these things happen in a way so this guy right he murders your father yes. goes to jail for it yes because but of he, my father's case yes because of your father's yes. case here's the thing right the only way he can be freed is through your forgiveness unbelievable right I mean if I was Eugene <laughs> I'd be broken by that. He's like, he's like, this is the case that got me behind bars. And now this is the case that's freeing me in a lot of ways. But, you know, and I mean, before, obviously, I met Eugene, I had no idea. Like, I had no context of the fact that it was my dad's case that had put him behind bars. But I thought to myself last night, I was. it was like a very surreal moment because I was still, you know, reminiscing from speaking Mm, in front of mm, George mm, Bezos. mm, And mm. I thought to myself, like, who would have thought that this would be my life? You know, that I would be sharing this, that I would be sharing such a incredible moment at the apartheid museum and speaking to George, who was the person who put Eugene behind bars. Okay. And it was wow. unbelievable to me. And, and unbelievable. How, how does it feel being at the apartheid? Because that, that apartheid museum sometimes makes me a little bit angry. I got I to, I need like uh, post-traumatic stress disorder <laughs> management classes after that. You, you know, you know I, I live through it. <laughs> I was there in a state of emergency. <laughs> no, you know what? Well, you know what it is. It was. I think firstly, I've been to the apartheid museum before, so it and was, I still live in Pretoria, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> it brings it back. Um, no, so I was. At, I've been to the apartheid museum before, but I think with this particular, because it's a new gallery, it's just extended from the apartheid museum, okay. but same entry. Mm-hmm. So, um, being in the gallery, the gallery itself is gorgeous. It's a beautiful gallery, yeah. and being there, it's very. You know, it's not comfortable, you know, and I think you have to confront certain realities that we face. And yeah. But I think we all have to go through that, especially with what we're going through right now. I don't yes. want to get into that topic of racism and blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah. But I think if we all took the time to understand what we went through, we wouldn't be trying to go through it again now. Oh, yeah. We really would be like, you know what, guys? Oh, if yeah. you only knew what happened before, why are we still doing it now? It's 2017. Let's have some fun. Yes. Let's all go and share the spur. <laughs> Free Burger Monday or something together. It's Let's no not longer. go to Spur it's and no do whatever. It's not okay. No. Whatever. <laughs> Let's not go to Spur and cause no. But I completely, cuck. I completely agree, and I feel like dialogues like this are actually pushing people to address something right. in a conversational way, you know, so that people can understand that no, no, no one wants to go back there. No, that is not a fine no, place to be. be but, but anyway, we've got yes. a guest in the studio that we're about to talk to. Yes. Uh, coming up just now and basically she wrote the book called The Holistic Entrepreneur. I'm not going to tell you who it is until we introduce you to her just a, in a little bit of time. Um, in a few minutes, right? Just, yes, actually just, like just a few a because minute. there's actually something. Literally a minute. Yeah, in this quick minute, I want yeah. you to tell me what it feels like to be a SAFTA award Winning producer. Yes, well, I have to win it again, but this time as a producer. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
<laughs> High horse. No, it's pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, the thing is, right, um, I'm an actor, yeah. but I love producing. So I've, I've gone into that field. Okay, and to have one to as an actor and to have one as a producer is amazing. I really wanted the acting award on Saturday night. Um, Warren got that, Masemola, and he's really he's awesome. Brilliant. He's brilliant. And so I take nothing away from him, but that was the award I wanted. But Warren, you, want... you have my award. <laughs> I want you... it back. But you want producer. Yeah. See, what exactly is a producer? So what is your role as a producer in a I project? I the, the, being a producer is really exciting because what you do is you put the whole project together. So you start at, at, at basically idea level. Okay. You you find the the right people for the right job. Okay. And then you negotiate with those people to make sure that the job is done based on the budget that you have. Oh. So part of being a producer is you get a script. You know, yeah. once once you decided this idea, once you've got the script, you break the script down into all the different scenes, into all the different locations, and in every location, who are the actors in that location? Mm. What are we going to need in terms of props, like clothing, like cars, telephones, blah blah blah, and then you cost. Every single line item okay. So you try and make everything On the same day And blah 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 okay. The cameras that we're going to need The lights that we're going to need And then you budget it So that's wow. the very hard part Of producing and Then after you've budgeted it <laughs> Then you go and find Those locations You go and find those actors You go and find those props And you make that happen Wow So at least you've got, You're not just beauty You're brains too You you can do behind well, I'm, I'm In front behind every day Thank you <laughs> <laughs> Wow No but I think It's so, so important For people to understand The different roles On a set Yeah You yeah, know yeah, And yeah. that's why I asked you What producing really does Because mm. I mean We see producer Director Screenplay Blah 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 But none of us Really understand What it means Yeah it's, So it's, you still won Yeah we still so won do you, Does that mean You get Real more cool. money no, unfortunately in South Africa You cannot use your SAFTA oh. to negotiate Oh, that's a it's shame It's something that you just have like, <laughs> That's a shame I've got a SAFTA But dare yeah. you say to anybody you know, Hey guys, you know, I've got a SAFTA So uh, I guess that means I get paid more You're like, that's just bad form That's just not correct <laughs> We're very modest We're a very modest country You know, it's like Yes, we know you got a SAFTA But that doesn't mean that you're special But just calm down But anyway okay. we've got I'm something. so excited I'm so excited So I don't want to waste any more time Because I want you guys to hear about this If you are an entrepreneur out there um, if Even if you're not an entrepreneur If yes. you're just somebody Who wants to succeed in life In relationships And what you're doing At your job In anything As a student mm. This is a book that you must get It's called The Holistic Entrepreneur By Joe Dean Shah So without any further ado I would like to introduce to Get a drum roll for that um, Do I even have applause? On you this? don't have applause I, think I, I will have. give you applause all right, thank you, Candy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think uh, they switched off our applause. You know what? I think the crowd is like really holding their hey, breath now. <laughs> look, there's no applause coming except from us. Just enjoy it. Okay, welcome to it. How are you doing, Jodine? I am so great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, oh, it's what a pleasure. pleasure. I want you to speak closer into the mic so the people Perfect. at home and can around the world ya. can hear you. You know, we're, we're, we're a worldwide show. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's start with a bit of background. Mm. Who is Jodine and... Uh, where are you from and, and all that? Where, 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 where do people, where would people know you from? People mo- most probably know me from Twitter. I was one okay. of the first uh, people. You know, at one stage, mm-hmm. uh, whenever I do any of my talks or workshops or anything, I do say at one stage I had more followers than Gareth Cliff. Ah! Okay. And I wish I had screen grabbed that. <laughs> but I never screen grabbed that. It's not everybody who has Did more you hear that, Gareth? Gareth. <laughs> so, um, I... 
I, I was definitely born to be an uh, an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and my story really unfolds. But I found I just fell in love with social media, and I started oh. to use um, Twitter to tell my story of my first business, uh, which is people development and change management. Mm-hmm. And I really grew into the social media space. So that's how people know me, and that's how people found me. Just tweeting about life and what it means to live holistically. Okay, Ooh. so if people want to follow you on on Twitter, what's your what's your handle? It's Jodine Coza, J O D E N E C O Z A. For their daily motivation. And it's it's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. Facebook everything. Yeah. Um from the beginning I just I it's so funny because the world has changed so much and when I started I, I always was so entrenched in being this real Josie girl and now yes. the way that life has changed, um more and more of me just wants to be unsettled and just be anywhere a that world, I can be. A yes. world settled. Yeah. You know what I love about the book, Jodine? In the beginning of the book you discuss because I, I call myself a self-help chick, right? Right. Because I grew up very much in self-help books. And I think you discuss in the book what probably every self-help person goes through, which is they tell you, you know, just visualize, just affirm, just, you know, do all these great things. And you're like, I am happy. I am happy. And deep down, you're like, I'm falling apart. You know, so exactly. what what led you to actually writing a book to tell people, look, you are worthy of these great things. But it is not going to happen through just sitting and visualizing. You know, I've always wanted to be a motivational speaker. Okay. And I've always wanted to know why I've wanted to do it. I have wanted to tell people that you can achieve what you want to in life. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't go according to the formula that everybody else has put out there. Not a lot of people know that the self-help industry is worth hundreds of billions of US dollars. Mm -hmm. Hundreds of billions of US dollars. Mm. Surely, with all that money spent, mm. we should be in a better place. Yeah. Surely. Mm. And I started to unpack all of those questions, mainly because I have tried everything yes. from Buddha to Oprah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Every single thing. Yeah, girl, we're on the same path there. <laughs> Try Jesus. <laughs> Everyone. Everything. And when I started to work together with my business partner, and we started to unpack just the real basics of the, the laws of the universe and how it works and we wanted to simplify it. Our company Lifeology the um, the slogan for the company is courage, consciousness and a sense of humor. Yes, yes, yes. And when we did that and we had a marketing strategist come in and help us, the first thing that he did was he said you'd need to change that mm. because no one's going to take you seriously when you're saying that you are you are showing courage, consciousness and a sense of humor. <laughs> I would have loved it. it. Did you guys change it? We never changed it. We never changed it. And we have always gone according to our basic beliefs, our foundation of philosophy, which is living with courage, consciousness, and a sense of humor. And the more I worked through it and the more I watched things work out in my life, but what really made me want to write it was... I do a lot of travel mm. because I have the joy of having a beautiful relationship with money that I worked on myself. Yes. Not always the greatest. Yeah. I've, I've, I have, this story tells of two failed businesses mm. and then two successful businesses. Yes. And a lot of people message me on my travels and they say things like, I'm jealous or I envy you or I wish. Ooh. And then Ooh, my response. Those, I'm, my red lights are flashing. <laughs> right now. And then my response to them is, you can have it. And I realized people just want to understand how. how. Mm. So 
That's why I wrote it because I am the holistic entrepreneur. Every single thing that I that I guide people to do in the book, I do every day of my life. Mm. And you know what I've learned most of all mm. is that people are too afraid to try it. Oh yeah, mm. people yeah. are too afraid to do just the first thing that I say in the book. Mm. Um, and if we can just be brave enough to try and do something different, so much can change. And people are also self sabotaging in terms of what they say. So once you, you say I envy you, I'm jealous, or I wish. What you're saying is you're pushing I'm all not those worthy. things that you want away mm. from yourself. But I love the story that you wrote here in Esteem versus the Saboteur, and I'm going to read it. Yeah. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a grand oak tree that stood steadfast in the woods for hundreds of years. During the warm summer, it blossomed with acorns and leaves, bursting with an array of green shades. In the winter, however, it was barren and looked as if it may not weather another storm. Beaten from the snow and broken from the angry wind, the tree relied on its tireless roots to hold it steady and waited for the warmth of summer so it could begin to heal and blossom once again. This is about self-worth. Yes. Mm. Don't you love that rereading? Don't I feel like he should do the, the audio book. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I kind of read it faster. <laughs> He's like, I could do it better. <laughs> yeah. People don't understand that there is a difference between self-worth and self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And of all the things that I love teaching in the book, this is definitely one of them. So Can I we talk about so that for a second? What is the mm. difference? What is self-worth? And then tell us what self-esteem is. Self-worth, just like the oak tree, it is the roots of who you are. It is the things, the character within you that will never ever change. And one of the things to do is to have a look at your whole life and everything that you've been through. When people look at the timeline of their lives, it's so easy to pinpoint all the things that went wrong. But what pulled you through? There's, you know, the Elton John song, I'm Still Standing. Oh, yeah. When yeah. you forget about things like that. I'm still standing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Just to put you in context. So a lot of times I put that song on, I dance around my room, and I remind myself of the parts of my character that I have always had. It's a process to figure it out, which is in my book. But it is the roots that hold you firm no matter what you go through. And then there is that part of you that has to deal with everyday life. Mm. There's money issues, there's relationship issues, there's life issues. And our our self-esteem does get knocked around. Mm. But when we know the foundation of who we are, then we are held strong while that self-esteem is bashed and battered around. Oh, hold on a second, just in Mm. case I missed it. Your self-esteem is who you are on the outside, am I correct? Your self-worth is who you are deep down inside your roots, who you are almost, I'd say, on the inside. The core. The core. The real real Mm. core. The real core. And and the problem with self-help is that self-help gives the impression that it is going to make life easier. Oh, yeah. It does not make life easier. Yeah. Money doesn't flow every single day for the rest of your life. Mm. You, no matter how many times you no affirm it. No matter how many times. Relationships come and go. We we do get bashed around. Yes. But we hold on to self-help and we hope that it's going to take all the issues away. That's not the point of self-help. The point is to build a self Worth within you That you can manage All the things That do happen Within life Yeah You're never going to be put In some protective bubble Because you say A positive affirmation Or because you believe Anything It doesn't work that way Yeah Mm. I love that Because it's part of What we're talking about Trouble comes to everyone mm. and the rain falls on the good as much as it does on the bad but there's something about human nature and I know I've experienced it where you yeah. go but I've read all these books I've yes. done everything that Jodine said 
And you know I got to a level of success I'm happy I've made the money yeah, I've, yeah. I've bought the things mm-hmm. That I wanted And everyone thinks I'm great But there's certain things In my life That are not are working out and, and you know what I'm unhappy again yeah. As opposed to saying Actually there'll always be Something in your life That that's is not perfect And that's part of growth Is it not? Absolutely And when I wrote that book the day that I, the week, because what I did was I, I had the most amazing writing coach because mm-hmm. my self-esteem was really took a bashing when I was writing this book. Oh. And um, during the week that I wrote the chapter about money and mm. my beautiful relationship with money, I lost my biggest client. Financial stability was pulled out from yeah. right from under me, and it it would have been easy for me to go. Now I'm not worthy of writing the book. I'm Look a hypocrite. Almost, re- yeah. But but life happens, and I kicked into my self worth. I took a couple of days to go through the process of feeling the fear and knowing that I could do anything about it, and getting back on track. And one thing that I honestly believe is all you have to do every day. Is do one little thing that scares you Not a huge big major thing Don't ignore your post Because you don't want to see what you owe Don't don't turn a blind eye To a conversation that you need to have With someone because you know truth is going to come oh, out wow. okay. One little Why? thing each day Because telling yourself the truth Is the one thing that shifts your whole energy the, you know, everyone says thoughts become things. It's the biggest thing yeah. self Thoughts become things. I've been thinking I'm a bagel for a very long time. <laughs> I'm still me. But we have it so wrong. Thoughts do not become things. Yeah. The way you feel about thoughts become things. Okay. So when you do things like affirmations and you stand in front of a mirror and you go, I'm happy, I'm successful, I'm happy, I'm successful. But you're saying it in this desperate hope mm. that that feeling will kick in. Then energetically you're not putting out the right thing. So if you aren't doing one thing each day that scares you, then you just the fear is just continuing. It's just it's sitting there. I like what you're talking about. Um, so basically, what you're saying is do something that scares you so that you can get used to the idea of fear, and that's the only part of beginning to conquer fear. Yes. Get used to the fact that you will be sometimes scared, but you'll have to move in that fear. Absolutely. That's how you get past fear, right? Absolutely. And and you, we're supposed to be afraid, you know. Sometimes I just want to pack all the stuff that we're being fed just into a box and, mm. and set it alight because we are constantly being told only think happy, only don't say that. Yeah. If someone goes, I'm afraid. Don't say that. Rather say mm. not afraid. Why or just, just rephrase it apparently, yes, so you can't say, say negativity. My favorite word is but. Okay, I'm My afraid but. Word, which I'm was afraid but. Takes away everything, everything before. before right? <laughs> yeah. And what people normally do is they is they take the but and they turn it into negative. I okay. have this opportunity, but it never works out for me. Mm. The self sabotage. Exactly. We don't take that button. We don't go. I am afraid, but and then you turn to that self worth list, or you turn to anything that you know about yourself. Something is so simple as, I'm really afraid to do this, but I know that I'm supported. Yes. I know that there's an opportunity. I know I'm worth more, and I also understand that I am talking to people who are on the lowest of low. Mm. That they have absolutely, absolutely nothing. And to those people, I always say, all you need to say is. I am all right mm. because I'm uttering these words. There is a little bit of hope that I know that I'm all right. Yeah, and and that's just where I wish people would start is to just take that butt and turn it into something that is truthful yes. instead of just an affirmation that we have been fed or a positive meme that we have been fed. Mm. You know what I like though. 
Although we're taking all the self-help industry stuff and we're saying a lot of it doesn't work, but you're not debunking the whole theory of self-help. You are saying that the concept is true, but the application is terrible. Yes. So yes, do you want to yes, elaborate yes. on that? I You're getting excited. I am, I am, <laughs> you know, I, I always just want to say I feel like the defender of the universe. Yeah. That's what I want to say. The warrior. Because it's such a beautiful, simple process. Everything that is put out there is trying to say the same thing. It's trying to say we are energy and what we do energetically, we can manifest into anything. We're trying to say that you are whatever you choose your universe to be. My favorite thing is we don't know what is true. We have Mm. no clue what is true. Mm. And everyone is searching for a truth. Meanwhile, we're not searching for our own truth. And everything that has been put out there in any form of self-help has been someone's story from their paradigm and their perception. So it is true. But you have to create a story from your paradigm Mm. and your perception. Mm. And I'm helping that. I'm hoping that through the Holistic Entrepreneur, because of the guiding tools that I've given, it's all been aimed at create your own reality and create your own perception. Mm. So don't model it after Jodine's journey. No. But, <laughs> but you can take some takeaways from that. It, oh, no, should. there are a lot of takeaways. Everyone's story mm. has things that you can take out oh, of the yeah. positive that can help you. And everyone's story has things that won't work for you necessarily. Yeah. So, and, and that's where you do, you, your part of the homework comes into it. And yes. I think one of the big differences, like, I don't know if you're aware that the new thing now that is coming out is that um, very successful people take a cold shower. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I never heard Self-help that. baby over here. Yes, um, I've heard. They, they say all types of things. <laughs> it shocks your, apparently it exactly. like shocks your body. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's the five steps to this, the 10 steps to this. 25 steps. Exactly. And to happiness. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And what I'm saying in the book is that the only steps that you need to take is to walk in your own path of faith. Mm. And for me, faith is an acronym. It's a doing yes. word. Hallelujah. It's, yep. It's focus. No, it's focus. Acceptance, intention, trust, and happiness. Oh, wow. And I unpack that in there. Mm. A lot of people sit back and they wait for something to happen in faith. But there is, there is a process that I do every single day of my life that I honestly believe works. And that is the kind of things that I would love people to take from this book. I see that you've also done Reiki and energy yes. healing and all that kind of stuff. So there is a place for that kind of work within this. Absolutely. Right. So how, where does that step in? Because I know you can't come as a completely broken person and be like, Jodine, fix me. But what is the space of those mediums in assistance? You know, that this is how I ended up writing and changing my career completely because people would come to me for Reiki and they would lie on the bed and they would hope that something would change. And eventually I realized that if I gave them something practical to do, they would then do it. So let's chat about why you're here. Let's chat about what's going on. Okay, let's take one brave step in order to do that. And it's a, it's a combination and it's a collaboration between the energy of who you are and the energy of what you do. So all of those treatments and it's as simple as just going for a massage or going for a walk I I wake up every morning and I watch the sunrise and a lot of mm. people ask me why and it's because it reminds me every day that everything works out exactly as it should we don't have to do anything wow it just happens mm. yeah I do it every day and that is the same thing as all of these energetic processes healing therapy anything anything 
that it all works together energetically and it falls into place in exactly what you need. But the biggest thing, especially for entrepreneurs, is that there is this misconception that you have to rush and you have to push and you have to burn your, the candle at both ends. You have to work hard, work mm. hard, work hard. Work, just work. Yes. You've seen working hard. Go to all the meetings. Yes. Um, there, there was a, a myth that... Someone wrote, if you, if you w- wake up at four in the morning and you see all the cars that are out there at four, it's the Bentleys, it's the Ferraris, it's the whatever. And then as the day I've unfolds, woken up at, four, that's a at, lie. at six, at eight, um, it's all the middle class cars and all the poor people, you know, and, and then when you look later at night, all the people going back home, it's all the rich people again, in their nice cars. Because that's what so, you have to do. Because that's what successful people do. And I was like, okay, what about all the people waiting in a taxi queue at four in the morning and then waiting in a taxi queue Thank at at 8 o'clock at night How come they're not Super successful Because they work Blooming hard exactly. And there's a saying That if uh, If if you could be rich By the amount of work You put in Every African woman In the fields Would be rich Yeah But clearly not That is not The hand in hand thing No here. it doesn't but work But society out. has kind of Taught us that You know you have to Be kill constant yourself. You have to kill yourself For what you want And what you are saying is I'm an entrepreneur. I'm very happy in my life, and you can be happy and successful because sometimes it's a trade-off. Mm. And it's based I'd on like to talk about that a little it bit, is, actually. It's based on it is it's based on the energy. It is not the amount of hours that you put into anything. It is the energetic process with which you create your business, your life, your reality. It's how we make money. It's 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 all those things. One of my greatest things to do when I when I work with someone, and especially if they've come from that space of work, 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 and things. Aren't shifting or changing I always say to them Go take a nap Go take a nap Go to the beach I'm sure they look at you like Are you crazy? I just said things aren't working (laughs) I'm I'm not making enough money Now you're asking me to go take a nap Or walk on the beach (laughs) And you know why A lot of people Never get to experience What I'm saying It's because they're too afraid To actually take a because they, they feel like the world will fall apart. Yes, yes. You know, one thing I really want to highlight with all of this, because, I mean, we're speaking about it from a very energetic level and we're telling people, you know, you can be happy and successful, but it does not negate the work. No. Because actually self-work is the hardest kind of work to do. Yes. So there is an element. You, do you emphasize this in your talks that there I is a work process here? I do. I definitely do. And I talk about that. And I talk about... Everything has the practicality and everything has the emotional and the energetic side of it. So I work with everything together. And what I love about, what I love about this is that it's not just for the entrepreneur. It's, it's, it's for the mom. It's for anyone who's trying to just figure out why whatever they have tried does not and is not working. And then there is a lot of practicality mm. in that. Mm. I am, I, I know that I was born to do Two incredible things The one was to be an entrepreneur And the other one was to write Along all the other things But the entrepreneurship and the writing Mm. And for me Entrepreneurship is about Working with such passion And such commitment And such dedication And I know a lot of people Look at me and they go It looks like you need a break But they don't stop and see that I take breaks all the time I take beautiful moments all the time and isn't part of what you do because you're working in your purpose. Mm. What actually That's is, is so what important. keeps reviving you. It, yes. it, it keeps you energetic mm. because actually it doesn't feel like work. Absolutely. Mm. There is a bit of a warning to that though. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, someone who is absolutely brilliant at baking cupcakes and they want to turn it into a business and everyone around them says, turn it into a business. You're, You're the best, best baker. Be the best, best baker. 
there is a side to entrepreneurship that you have got to prepare yourself for. Come on, tell us what it that is. is. It is the side where you deal with money in a way that you didn't expect, that you deal with clients and with accountants. And, you know, I always say to my business partner, I'm so blessed to have him because I always say to him, I just want to write. And he goes, but there's other mm. things, there's other elements. And mm. people really need to research and see you're not in the beginning you do not have a budget for someone else to do your marketing for someone else to do your PR for someone else to do any of those things you are mm. everything you are just everything you're your social media manager your PR your exactly. marketing your everything exactly mm. and then all of those you know because eventually you become your you are within one human being you are a manager you are a human resources oh, yeah. you are you and then you you're are a head work, of sales you're, <laughs> you're everything I'm telling you and then all these personalities within you start to clash because all you wanted to do was bake mm. I just want to act man exactly <laughs> It goes back to I, I love how everything Joe Dinas just said In this you know Time she's been with us Actually ties back in Very nicely With the top five points We started the show with okay. Because I feel like In a lot of ways You are telling people That this is the end goal This is where you're going This is what you will achieve Should you apply these steps But it's going to take work It's going to take ambition It's going to take Like because T's five steps Were You have to want it That's number one yes. You have to want it Number two Get a mentor. And I, we were discussing that mentors can be in a book form. So buying your book, that's Absolutely. mentorship, you know. Mm. Number three, you, you got to put like in the work. WhatsApp every other day. Yes, exactly. no. Exactly. you you got to put in the work. That's yeah, number three. You really have to put in the work, the self-work, because it's going to take a yes. lot of strength within yourself. Mm. Yes. Number four, you got to look for the lucky break. Absolutely. You know, and number five, you got to keep it together. And I love that because I feel like that's exactly what your book encompasses, all those, Absolutely. you know, and teaching people how to keep it together. Well, we're about to uh, leave, but I'd like but to... But Lilith didn't give us her final yeah, point. Yeah, that's what I thought. No, we're <laughs> yeah. about to get out of here. And I want Jodine yeah. for you to give us your final point. You're about to give us a great thought yes. about that. My, you know, for me, my final point is that any process that started, people always assume that someone else knows where they want to go and knows their direction and knows their purpose and there are a lot of people out there who don't have their direction mm. they don't have their purpose they don't know what they want to put on their vision board and they don't have an affirmation that they would even begin to say yes and i always say all you need to do is close your eyes and imagine a compass and where it says north just let it say happiness mm. and start walking every day Every time you're insecure, every time you're unsure, every time the whole world looks like they know where they're going and you don't know where you're going, Dude. just set your compass to happiness. Mm, I love that. In the right direction. I love that. And your book is actually launching today. Yes. Right? Yes. How excited are where, you? Where Where's it launching? It? Where can people find it? So I went on a very different uh, journey. Um, so you can find it um, anywhere in the world. It's okay. on Amazon.com. Oh, that's amazing. And in South Africa, it's on my website, Jody. Insure.com and okay. it gets delivered for free. Otherwise, um, it is in two incredible places. The one is um, Gravity Cafe in, in Linden. Lovely. And um, the other one is Energy Emporium in the Colony Center. And I am on my own personal journey of getting the book put into different places and just watching how it unfolds. Oh right. my goodness, that's amazing! Yes. We're out of here till we meet again next week. Thank you so much for being with us Thank in the studio, uh, Jodine. And if you were wondering what the original of my prerogative sounded like, here we go. Bye. Bye bye. Cliffcentral.com.